Hi there and welcome to this bonus edition of the Ornstein and Chapman podcast on The Athletic with me, Adam Leventhal. Now, the Athletic's football correspondent, David Ornstein, is with me to discuss the exclusive story that he has published this evening. And it reveals that club doctors have written to the Premier League seeking urgent answers and raising concerns surrounding the return of of football. Now you can read the story in full now by heading to The Athletic. Uh, subscription is currently free for 90 days by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman. And David is here to give us an update. Um, you've seen the email, obviously, David, just just give us an overview. What's in it and what are the, the key concerns? Evening, Adam. I think the first thing to say is that we've known all about the Premier League's plans to return. We're well aware of most of the concerns that have already been raised around COVID. But this is potentially the biggest issue so far in that the medics, the doctors, the people who are responsible, we think, for the health of the players, the staff at their clubs, have come together in really an unprecedented way during unprecedented times to raise their concerns and their questions merely about the return to training And that's the surprising thing here. This isn't in relation to the return of matches and fixtures, just the mere fact of training. So the Premier League doctors group, the PLDG, have representatives from all 20 clubs and they were asked to put forward their issues, anything they wanted to raise with the Premier League. And there was a chance that they were going to go back and decide amongst themselves with a vote what set number of questions and concerns they would come forward with. But with time ticking, this is a pressing issue. It was escalated and decided that to avoid toing and froing, we'll put all of your concerns together and forward them over to the Premier League. And I'm afraid that list is around 100 long. There are around 100 concerns and questions and they cover 10 areas uh, in the email that we've seen at The Athletic. They cover occupational health risk assessment, so who's responsible, liability, indemnity, insurance, um, doctors approving guidelines that, in their words, still carry the risk of death, transmission, and that clearly relates to the transmission of the virus through things like sweat, goalkeeper's gloves and more, psychological and mental well-being, key area for both players and medical staff who is looking after medical staff's mental health the email says the virus itself so many questions about um, issues such as immunity premature birth allegations in, in media that that they're asking for whether there's any evidence on how should they advise their players the cleaning of pitches with UV rays or disinfectant and the same with balls. Uh, testing, lots of questions around that. Is twice a week enough? Tests can be misleading, false negatives, false positives. How you deal with the management of uh, test results, whether they are positive or negative, especially in the relation of when training is stepped up to bigger groups, what happens with isolation. The management of new cases, which is more of a a similar subject. Post-viral infection, which uh, looks at a number of issues once you have come through the virus, such as cardiac effects and the heart. And one question says here, the risk of sudden death. They want to know more on the medium and long-term effects respiratory and the heart. PPE in the broader community, so protective equipment, 
uh, given that there's a there's a shortage in the supply chain and whether they are going to have their rules aligned to those of the government medical care so with private hospitals closed where are they going to go for second opinions if that's still the case when uh, training and matches come back round um imaging as well for c- ct scans mris etc what is the call out time if a problem occurs on the training pitch. How soon can you get an ambulance to a training ground? What's the procedure around that? Will we use the NHS? You know, what if it's not satisfactory or poses risk of infection to players who go in there with an injury? And then finally, Premier League regulations. And this is raising concerns about rumours, as it refers to it, that some clubs are already ignoring guidelines and agreements within the group. They're taking risks for performance advantage and that some clubs even see this as good practice and they want to ensure coaches respect medical advice. They want to ensure players and staff do too and they want to know what the repercussions will be if rules are broken. I suppose the, the, the overarching thing of it is that, you know, these medical professionals have a duty of care to their players to look after them and the fact that they are asking so many questions reflects that it is such a confusing situation at the moment and just to pull out one quote that almost sums up the the concern the anxiety the stress that that these doctors are under it is this one which says as doctors how can we approve guidelines that still carry risk of death i mean that that sums up the situation that they are in and also the weight of that email that the Premier League now has to deal with. Yes, absolutely. And what we don't know is where things go from here in terms of the weight of this email and how um, seriously it needs to be considered um, by those who have received it. The the Premier League's medical advisor, Mark Gillette, and also their director of football, Richard Garlick. The Premier League bosses above them. Some I speak to says that this group doesn't carry huge power but you would certainly say that in time of crisis uh, like this uh, a global health pandemic that the doctors the medical professionals should be listened to more than anybody and there is clear concern on their part when you look at other quotes within the piece like lots of pressure on individual medical teams to reassure players and staff on something we are very uncertain about they are in uncharted territory I mean the word risk assessment sounds quite boring but not when you look at the actual quotes here who is responsible for the risk assessment you know that's a key question does liability lie with the club and the doctor or the Premier League? Does their current insurance, it's an indemnity company called Sempris, does that cover them to treat COVID situations? Who is responsible for the the players' families and their households if something is brought home from training or, or brought to training and then back? So many complications. A really interesting point. Should we consider a heightened susceptibility for BAME, black and minority ethnic groups? So, you know, there is so much confusion here and what we're not sure about is exactly what extent these doctors and medics need to be satisfied for the show to go on, so to speak. I suspect if conversations go well with players and coaches, the uh, PFA and the LMA, if the government gives a green light for things to be stepped up, then football will find a way of allaying many of these concerns, maybe not all of them, and the show will go on because... Football, the Premier League, believes it has to. But this 
just gives an indication of the sort of hurdles, the complications, the minefield that football is in right now. And when you read through this, it's it's pretty concerning. Do you think that there is any advantage, and I know it's difficult to find any advantages in such a strange situation at the moment, but do you think for for the medical professionals that they almost have um, test cases going on currently with, with Germany ahead of what's going on in the UK? And do you think that they are almost serving as um, a, a positive or are we learning that, you know, with, with tests and cases still developing amongst German squads, that this is going to become even more difficult as, as time ticks by? It's the unpredictability that is troubling everybody here. Of course, we're all watching Germany, inside and outside clubs, and then Spain seems like they'll be following and Italy too. And then all being well for the Premier League, they will join the return and many believe that they'll be in the best position because they'll have been able to see all of that evidence first. But so much of it uh, remains unknown and that's what strikes you throughout this email. So many questions, you know, this was always talked about as a virus that mainly affected the elderly and those with comorbiditis. But then pulls out an example of a French under-23 player who was in intensive care. I think he was in an induced coma, a a young Montpellier player, and has thankfully recovered. Uh, Paolo Dybala, uh, the Juventus star who reportedly has tested positive on four occasions over a six-week span. Um, So many questions, if you dig into the detail, that I I found really fascinating how respiratory droplet transmission is likely to be higher during heavy exercise, high training and the playing of matches with very little recovery time in between normally creates lower immunity and increased risk of infection. And the doctors ask, will this affect the severity of a COVID infection? So they can look at all of these other examples, but ultimately they need to get back training very soon. I know of clubs that are looking to bring people in for individual testing from the 11th of May and then small group testing on the 18th of May onwards. And then if that goes well, then bigger groups of training and on to matches. And so it's all well and good having indications from elsewhere, but really you can only deal with what you have in front of you. And these medical professionals are so experienced, responsible, ethical, that they don't want to be taking risks. And that's why the letter starts with the issues of liability. And they talk in so much depth about that. Issues like treating the players physically. The Premier League's return to training documentation that was circulated last week is very strong on the issue of treatment, hands-on physical treatment, examinations. It says you must not conduct any treatment unless it is essential with your hands. And the doctors say in this letter that that's absolutely essential for their work, especially following a period of long rest. They say that that's going to happen. They also get told in the return to training documents that they're expected to do a physical examination before training, which conversely they say is non-essential and breaches professional guidelines. So you can imagine from what I'm explaining the dilemmas, the stress that all of these medics are going through behind the scenes that we don't normally hear about. Um, But I think hopefully this story will bring to light that 
the concerns need to be heard. They need to be addressed as far as possible. We are dealing with something here that amid the sort of desire of many people to get back playing, we're perhaps not quite appreciating all of us, the gravity of it. People are telling us we need to appreciate the gravity of the economic crisis facing football. And I totally get that side of the argument. But this gives us a little bit of insight into the medical side and some some deeply disturbing feelings and conversations that are going on in the background. I've got two more questions for you, David. The first one is when so much of the debate currently is interlinked with vested interests and the the feeling that when a club speaks, they are simply just putting their case forward because they are trying to protect their own. Do you think that this this letter has the the neutrality to it to to really make a mark when it when it lands and more more clubs that maybe have said we do want to continue and haven't even maybe considered this? Do you think that they will then listen and there will be a, a change of heart? I've got a few feelings on this. The first thing to say is we don't know how many people contributed these roughly 100 questions and concerns. It could have come from two people. It could have come from all 20. We just don't know. And and inevitably, there were probably people there who contributed nothing or very little and, and others who contributed a lot more. Um, so without knowing that, we don't know whether this is a feeling throughout the Premier League or small sections of it. Um, Then comes the ethics around it. I've heard rumours, many people in the game have, that medics are coming under pressure from members of their club hierarchy, their executives, um, to influence the situation, whether that's making sure the season is finished and allaying fears or raising fears and getting the season cancelled to serve their club's best interests. I don't know the truth in any of that, but if there are agendas at play in other quarters, such as at boardroom level, among players, agents, I don't know, all over the game, then you can rest assured that there are some issues at play here. I would just like to think that given this is medical science, there's so much at stake, so much importance and integrity is placed on the shoulders of medics, that I would hope and pray that all of this is honest genuine I think it is and that it will be listened to because the worst case scenario no one wants to deal with and yes we'll be guided by the government I think on Wednesday there's a a big meeting involving professionals from all across sport including the medics and that's when many of these concerns from around the sporting landscape will be fed in and protocols will be finalised. We're not having a go at the Premier League here. They were open to uh, more and more information, more and more feedback. The fact that they were asking for any concerns shows that it's a collaborative approach. And hopefully, for all concerned, this will be finessed. These proposals will be acceptable and will be in a good position if it is safe to return and the government deems it so and all the various precautions have been put in place. Just one final question then. Um in terms of your your feelings in general on on project restart i suppose the expectation is that you know this this email and these concerns will be a bullet point in a in a broader picture but do you think this is something that that may tip the balance one way or another or do you think there are there are bigger 
issues that will be higher up the priority list? I think the biggest issue is the players. And that's why from Friday's Premier League shareholders meeting, um, the Premier League was so keen to impress the importance of talks with the PFA, the players, with the LMA, the managers and coaches. And um, they are the protagonists here. They are the um, stars of the show. If they decide en masse that they don't want to play, then there's very little that clubs and the league can do about it. If they decide that they do, then there's very little that any other groups can do to stop them, other than, of course, the government. But I do think from an evidence point of view, because we've heard lots of suggestions and anecdotal evidence from players, from coaches, from various people within the game, from an evidence and factual point of view, this is the biggest concern so far. And I'm not saying that because it's my story at all. Others have mentioned the concerns of meds along the way. We just happen to have been privy to the email and seen all of the concerns laid out. I think this will be an extremely serious consideration but knowing the Premier League, they are bullish, they are proactive and they will address as much of this as possible. And they'll believe that if it can succeed in other countries like Germany and the Premier League is taking uh, much of what they're doing uh, as a template for what we're going to do here, then I think they'll be confident that Project Restart um, will at least get off the ground subject to government approval. We don't know how it will play out with possible um, infections and isolations. Uh, so therefore, we don't know if it will finish and how it will finish. But if anybody can do this, the Premier League can. And I just hope that they are true to their word and do it in as safe as possible a way. David, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us for this Pleasure, uh, bonus pod. It is, of course, a, a fantastic story and I'm sure uh, many of you will uh, have eyebrows raised as you are reading your way through it because there is some fascinating detail. And if you want to read it in full, um, head to The Athletic Now subscription. As I mentioned before, is free for 90 days. So you can try before you buy uh, by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman. That's The Athletic com Ornstein and Chapman. We will be back once again on Monday or maybe even sooner with another bonus pod. See you then.